0: For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.
1: Now, the Neil Prenderville Show,
2: Red FM. Sinead O'Connor has died at the age of 56, just a year after her own son passed away. I don't think she ever recovered from it. But it's an extraordinary outpouring of grief since uh, tea time yesterday when the news was broken. In fact, I don't think I've ever seen every single newspaper. When I say everyone, I say Every single one carrying photographs of Sinead O'Connor and stories of her on their front pages. A lot of the time, you could have maybe 80% of them doing something like this kind of tragedy or loss on the front page and a few doing it on the inside pages. But this morning, it's all of them, not just right across Ireland, but we had a look at international press as well this morning and many of them are carrying her death on the front page. The Sun this morning says nothing compared, simple as with a photograph of her uh, holding a mic and... uh, Looking powerful on its front page today. The star carries the same photographs. Uh, Sinead R.I.P. A unique Irish voice falls silent. Um, Many, I mean, way too many people to even start listing the amount of people who have come out and paid tributes to her. It's just endless uh, since yesterday. A rebel with an angel's voice, as they call it in the star today, with just one word, uh, with a black background, and the word Sinead on its front page. And they talk of all of those tributes, the Mirror this morning says, nothing compared to you, Sinead, as the tributes pour into the legend who's passed away at the age of 56. Vulnerable, powerful and pure is the headline making this morning's uh, Irish Daily Mail with 1966-2023. And I suppose the real story of her life is in the dash, isn't it? Between the 1966 and the 2023. Vulnerable, powerful and pure. I'd say gentle and fierce. Because she was both gentle, but could be fierce. Not just in her beliefs, or indeed in her passions, but also... In her music. A child of Ireland, our girl Sinead, our beloved friend is the front of the examiner this morning. Uh, poster girl of controversy is uh, the front pager and the inside page um, follows up on that with the, the mirror. And there were many. The star who became known not, not just for her singing voice. In fact, many of the papers go into the life and times of Sinead O'Connor in quite some detail this morning. It's a lovely story in The Independent this morning with the talk of the fact that she in a in a recent interview, said she never any had never actually had any desire for fame, um, and there was a recent interview where she talked about the controversy surrounding her bust up with the likes of Prince, um, her relationship with her mother, the tearing up of the uh, Pope photograph, John Paul II, uh, on stage. Um, that subsequently then led to uh, a lot of her music being uh, taken off the shelves of uh, music stores. I remember the the video of her CDs being crushed on the streets of New York. It was made worse then when she refused to play a gig in America if the Star-Spangled Banner was played before the gig. That led then, unfortunately, if I remember correctly, off the top of my head, to her being banned by a lot of American radio stations. She, in the interview, spoke about the death of her son, uh, Shane, at the age of 17, and also, of course, on her many mental health struggles. It's interesting to note, though, that much of what Sinead O'Connor rallied and railed about Um, went on to be proven to be true, particularly with regards to issues like uh, the Catholic Church, um, mother and baby homes, uh, child abuse, the Magdalene laundries, uh, not taking people's mental health seriously, and I suppose centra- central to her lo- her word world really was, was the word love, wasn't it? It was as simple as that. Uh, the Mirror this morning actually talked about her last and final social media post this morning where she talked about the heartache of losing her precious son when she says that she's been living as undead an undead night creature since his passing. She said, he was the love of my life, the lamp of my soul. We were one soul in two halves. She says, he was the only person who ever loved me unconditionally and I am lost. And Shane, of course, passed away at the young tender age of 17 uh, when he died by suicide in January of last year. He was missing for a few days and you might remember her pleas and her appeals to him on Facebook to come back telling him that his life was precious. It's so, so sad, the struggles that you put up with. Um, And, and of course, all of that in spite of her incredible talent. Internationally, just briefly, it's on the front of the Washington Post this morning, a voice full of pride, pain and politics. Front of the New York Times carries the death. Pop singer bared her soul and endured scorn. Even uh, across Europe, I'm looking at papers this morning from Portugal, Politico in Portugal. Lego in um, the Lego daily newspaper, out of, maybe that's Leggio, I'm not quite sure, out of Italy this morning. El Pas, the Spanish newspaper, carries it uh, on the front page today. And across the water, The Guardian talks of Sinead O'Connor in detail on their front pages, as does The Independent. She was beyond compare, they say. More on that in a few minutes' time. And, and I, do, I would like to play a few of Sinead O'Connor's songs. And uh, can I just mention at this point, and it's up to you guys, I know everybody has been playing um, Nothing Compares to You. I know that because I'm hearing it everywhere I go. I'm happy to play that if if you would like. Um, I know that some people maybe just listen to this radio program and don't listen to others and thank you for that. But um, I... I I think I might do another couple as well but I'm happy to play nothing compares to you but I'd leave it up to you guys to choose the song so you can text 0868104106 on that one and we'll, we'll see what kind of responses we get and I'm happy to play what you guys would like to hear unfortunately it wasn't a B uh, for the Irish soccer team yesterday a fantastic start unbelievable goal from the corner kick and generally just a great first half until maybe the last two or three minutes of the first half when the Canadians equalised and sadly then the second half was by no means like the first. So the Irish World Cup dream is over. Um, the papers talk about this morning, they say it was not a good day for Ireland. In fact, uh, the star this morning got to talk to Denise O'Sullivan's mum. Denise looks great on the pitch. She'd remind you of Keane and the position she plays at. My limited knowledge of soccer, even for me, I could see that she was a real key player on that team every time she played yesterday and indeed ...against the um, the Australians... ...moving the ball... ...moving around... ...always being in the right place... ...her mother Nuala said... ...that she was beaming with pride... ...she said Vera Paw's side... ...did fantastic... ...and were brilliant... ...during their stint in the tournament... But, of course, they were bitterly disappointed with the result. Better luck next time. It certainly is the start of better things to come for the Irish uh, women's soccer team. Kevin Spacey um, wept and said he was humbled after he was cleared of multiple sex assault charges yesterday. And the papers say that Spacey cried so much he needed a wad of tissues. Uh, He was cleared. He sobbed in the dock. Um, It was his birthday, actually. So, nice birthday present for him. Not guilty of nine counts against four young men the house of cards star put his hands on his chest twice and mouthed thank you to the jury now interestingly i see in one of the papers the sun this morning talk about the possible comeback now of kevin spacey the slow road back apparently being cleared will allow him now to begin the long hollywood comeback after his dramatic fall from grace according to pr experts he lost many major roles Um, In fact, his agent dumped him, his talent agent dumped him, his assistant agent dumped him, his publicist, his personal trainer, his bodyguard, they all dumped him. Um, And to be found not guilty now raises the question of naming and shaming people who then go on to be found not guilty in the court of law. Um, And a lot of the time, all too often, um, the court system and the criminal system correctly protects the identity uh, of the the victim. Uh, And you can get that. But what of... What of the person who's been charged with something that they have then gone through a court process and been found not guilty and cleared of? Where is the protection of their identity? Surely we need to look at this even more, where somebody could be protected, go through the criminal system, um, walk clear and free if they're not guilty, unknown, but certainly to be named and whatever you want after that, if they're found guilty, I, I said, just don't get that. I mean, I think that we hear of it all too often. Say, for instance, with sexual assault and rape cases, unfortunately, there are way too many of them before the courts. And I know that many people are found guilty. But what about individuals who are named, shamed and vilified who are found not guilty? So that's an interesting one. Spacey um, in court yesterday. Um, you know, there are all sorts of weirdos. And, you know, all too often, and I think we're going to see more of it tonight with the RT Investigates, the show called Sex for Rent. It airs tonight on RT1935 and it talks of flat owners, landlords, if you like, who are looking for sex for reduced rent. And apparently they went undercover on the show and at one stage pretended to be a Brazilian student Um, and uh, actually, forgive me, the Brazilian student story is actually a correct and accurate one who had lost a job and was sleeping on a friend's couch. I haven't seen the show just yet, but they did go undercover um, and engaged with a man in his thirties in Munster who... um, Apparently, uh, was supposedly, um, you know, renting a bedroom with no list price. So in the footage then, one landlord is quoted as saying, we could do something, I suppose, just all depends what you're up for. Um, I wouldn't mind a little bit of fun. The reporter undercover replies, uh, so a bit of sex, is it? To which the landlord confirmed, yeah. So it's an explosive documentary revealing shocking footage of sick landlords apparently seeking sex for a place to rent. Um, and other things then that involve the um, issue of uh, handing over money has to do with retail. Now I was telling you earlier in the week of the Com- Competition and Consumer Protection uh, Commission who really and truly hammer businesses if they're not playing ball. They're taking a really good look now at um, retailers who uh, pretend to have discounts at sale time. They're actually fake disc discounts. And they're saying that they're warning them that if they don't up their game, they're going to start fining them €5,000. It's uh, Charlie Weston, Adrian Weckler story making The Independent today. Um, the competition authority is saying that businesses who are now planning winter sales would want to be watching uh, to ensure that they actually are giving ju- uh, genuine discounts to consumers. When they make a price reduction, it must be Accurate. Now, apparently, I didn't know this, but, um, when a business makes a price reduction announcement, it must be under law displaying the lowest price of the product on sale for the last 30 days. Um, and that's the only way they can do a discount if they had a higher price in the last 30 days. Now, that would only lead you to believe that they could reduce a price maybe 40 days previous, and then, um, you know, well, sorry, up a price 40 days previous, if you like, or even 31 days previous, and then drop it for the sale, that that's some way that they could that they could rig it. But I wonder, um, do people have any thoughts on that? When you see sale price discounts, do you always believe that they're genuine? Because there's a possibility that they are not. Um, and also, when you talk of retail or indeed anybody that opens their doors and waits for our customers to come through it, sad news about the Wild Goose Steakhouse and Bar. I haven't eaten there, but Kevin had, and I asked him this morning, what was it like? He's I was there a number of times and it was excellent, the Wild Goose Steakhouse and Bar. And with sadness, they announced yesterday uh, that in the coming weeks they will close. 22 years in business, time to cease trading. It takes a lot of energy to run a business like ours and it's becoming way too difficult. Escalating energy, food prices, the recent VAT increases puts way too much pressure on them to continue. And they just did not believe that they'd be able to pass on the price hikes to customers. Uh, they feel that eating out is expensive enough and they will not keep rising prices. So uh, genuinely, many people are very upset to hear that news because uh, that was an award we in a restaurant for, for many years. Uh, we wish them well, Jim and Noel O'Connell, and hopefully I'll speak to them in the coming days. Um, they are brilliant Because they've said, if you have a voucher, would you please come and use the voucher and do so um, until maybe uh, in the next six weeks? Uh, Because uh, after that, who knows? Um, All too often, companies wouldn't honor vouchers, but they certainly are. So while that business closes, of course, RTE uh, continues with the handout for the begging bowl. Uh, So the begging bowl in one hand, looking for bailouts from the government and at the same time spending 16 grand renovating D Forbes office um, how could you be on a cost-cutting exercise to save money asking for bailouts when you spend 16 grand renovating an office putting in three and a half grands worth of new chairs and thousands more on a desk apparently um, it's just absolutely insane uh, meanwhile the license fee income continues to drop. And if you look at the month of July, they're 1.86 million euro down. I don't know how they're going to put that genie back in the bottle, but there it is in the papers nonetheless. And also, if you're interested in a job, a non-paying job, but all the same, an interesting and tasty one, Aldi are looking for a beer taster. And they will send you 12 different types of beer. And they will ask you to judge it. I mean, there must be some kind of criteria as to who would become their official beer taster. But it makes the sun today. And if you want to apply for the official beer taster role with Aldi, send him an email to beertaster at aldi.ie. Off you go, so. Neil Prendiville,
1: Gold Emerald Award winner for Speech Broadcaster of the Year,
2: Cork's Red FM. And so, to the passing of Sinead O'Connor, and as I mentioned in the papers this morning, um, not just Ireland, but right across the world, they lead with her passing on the front page. We'll talk about that and your thoughts on the passing of Sinead O'Connor. Welcome Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. I do not want what I haven't got. Of course, um, was the album that had the single "Nothing Compares to You," and that went number one all over the world. It was preceded by a couple of albums, though. One in particular, as a very young girl, she released an album called "The Lion and the Cobra." I don't know if a whole lot of people have been playing this, but for me, because uh, I recall it when I saw it for the first time and heard her perform on the first for the first time, I remember thinking to myself, "Oh my God." This is just serious talent. Joined by Niall Stokes, editor of Hot Press. I know what the next Hot Press edition will be all about, for sure it will, because they've traced her career right from the off. Now, good morning. Good morning, Neil. What was, what was she like? A complex woman. You knew her very well.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we, we knew Sinead from the time she placed an ad in Hot Press. Looking for a band, she'd 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 had a, uh, auditions within Tu and uh but she was very young, fifteen, and uh, they decided that she wasn't uh, old enough to be in a band. So she played in that, and she was in there at the office a lot around that time, um, and her relationship with 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 her press was strong throughout her entire. Career, um, she was a really striking presence. I mean, the first time you saw Sinead, she made an impact. Um, she was very beautiful, gorgeous eyes, um, and and she was really funny and good fun. Um, you know, you'd see that when she'd make appearances on TV or whatever. She she had a really smart, witty uh, uh, attitude. Um, but, of course, she, she also was an artist to the core. Um, so, you know, you played Mandinka there from her first uh, album. Um, there were other great songs. I mean, Mandinka is beautiful, but. Banshee Whale Mm. became a kind of a trademark thing it was hugely influential Um, but I remember from that album as well uh, Troy and Mm. I Want Your Hands On Me which is not the kind of song that women in Ireland were meant to be singing at the time Uh, just like you said it would be they're great songs and uh, it was a a fantastic Mm. introduction to talent uh, which was enormous uh, and, of course, she made a huge impact then with her follow-on album, I Do Not Want What I Haven't Got. It's very important to say with, with, with in relation to that that Sinead really was the first great Irish uh, female songwriter to make a breakthrough as an artist herself internationally. And she, she in that sense, she broke them all. She took Irish music, yeah, yeah. And in particular for women, on to a whole other level she
2: was at, she was at a time actually when she gave real voice to, to women and power to women and, and you are right because you know personally when I heard her first perform and it, it was Mandinka it was like the same experience when I first saw Tracy Chapman or I first heard Amy Winehouse or, or very much so the first time I saw Dolores O'Riordan perform do you know what I'm saying?
3: yeah yeah, no, it's true. I mean, I, I was I was in a different context writing a bit about this recently, and remembering what Ireland was like at that time when Sinead broke through. And this was just, you know, there's been a terribly turbulent first half of the decade in the 1980s, during which names like Anne Lovett, Eileen Flynn, and Joanne Hayes uh, were were etched forever into the bruised psyches of a generation. Um, You know, we we all know now all of the things that were happening uh, under the the, the behind the scenes in Ireland that weren't uh, ever discussed or revealed. And so Sinead emerged against that backdrop and women had been terribly oppressed. I mean, you think of what happened with Joanne Hayes in particular and and the extent to which the legal system ganged up on her and bullied her. Crucified her, yeah, yeah. And and, and and so that was the background and Sinead came through as somebody who was absolutely unconstrained by convention she did not accept the limitations that were placed not just on women but on anyone and uh, so there was an extraordinary sense of freedom about the way in which she approached things yeah. but she also was uh, you know she was a great musician she was involved in uh, producing her debut album, The Line and the Cobra, and also I Do Not Want What I Haven't Got. Um, so she had that sort of confidence in herself as a very young uh, songwriter, musician, and performer. So, so talking um, of the
2: young Sinead O'Connor, of course, um, she had. Um, a difficult relationship with with her mother, apparently, didn't she? And and at the age of fifteen, was placed in a Magdalene as, uh, asylum for shoplifting and truancy and rebellious yeah. behaviour, which actually stood to her in her musical career later. Um, but she had
3: a tough start, didn't she? She did, and and you know, I think I think um, there's no question but that people who moved outside the mainstream. Uh, were dealt with in a way which was uh, very harsh at the time. Um, you know, we know much more about all of that now, where people were incarcerated and you know forced to to, to work in laundries and all that sort of stuff. Um, but but Shanae did have that experience of being separated from her family. Uh, her, her her you know accounts within the family. <clears throat> Of relationships between the different people are you know, here, they, they differ, mm. um, but you know, it certainly uh, found it very difficult. Uh, as a teenager, um, and and uh, there's no doubt but that the the, the difficulties her own mother had uh, with with uh, mental health uh, impacted greatly on her as an individual. You know the, uh, the
2: the controversies in her life, and sadly there were many of them. I got an interesting email this morning, which kind of mirrors my own thoughts to an extent. Anthony, Anthony talks of hypocrisy, where the media revelled in her struggles and now are falling over each other with tributes. What are your thoughts on that? Because without going through all of the different controversies, I listed them earlier. There's no point to repeat them. Um, is there an element of hypocrisy now talking about her after she's passed like people are?
3: Well, I, you know, I think one thing, for for, for start, there, is, there is there is cynicism and hypocrisy in a lot of what the media does. And that's just a fact, you know, I mean, without getting into the whole sort of debate about what the role of different elements in the media might be, you can just look at what uh, the excesses of the tabloids uh, in the UK in relation to, you know, uh, invading people's privacy and, you know using uh, tapping their phones and all that sort of stuff so there's a there's a horrible amount of exploitation uh involved in the way
2: no but the struggles of the sinead element. sold newspapers you see
3: yeah, no, that's. I think that's, of course, true, and, and, and that's why, uh, you know, that's why, you know, Harry and Meghan are used in a particular way by the media in the UK, um, and, and you're right that there is hypocrisy in it, but I, I, one of the things I think that's really important to understand about Sinead is that Irish people in general developed a phenomenal love of Sinead O'Connor. Why, do they you see know, some of themselves we, in her, do you think, Niall? Well, I think there's an element of that, of course. But I mean, I think that in particular for women, Sinead became an extraordinary icon. I mean, it was the fact that she shaved her head became instantly recognizable. It was the fact that she spoke so so openly and directly. The fact that she talked about the kind of problems that other people generally hid. You know, all of those things made an impact on people and enabled a lot of Again, women in particular, but not just women to speak more openly about their own issues and their own uh, dilemmas and and in, in in that respect, she was a very important uh, new voice, opening up a space for people to talk about mental health issues and 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 to talk uh, about the impact that the dominance of the Roman Catholic Church in Ireland had on 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 them. Um, so, you know, I think I think that's that's all of that's true. But I, there is an extraordinary love of Schneider Connor, and I think people also, you know, they understood she was vulnerable. They understood that she had the imperfections. And they embraced that reality in the way that Sinead embraced it about herself. And I think that you know, I mean, I, I loved her her fantastic use of expletives. <laughs> she was, she was brilliant when she was talking, uh, you know, that that she had, didn't have any of those inhibitions that you know most people. There's no filter. Uh,
2: yeah, no filter
3: whatsoever. <laughs> well, they, well, you know, that's the thing. I, 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 and and I mean. You know, I I, I, I had a, a very interesting, different kind of friendship with Nad. But there were times when she she she'd gone to the house here, and my son was about about eight at the time, uh, and she talked to him. And then she, you know, one day asked him, uh, you know, do you like jokes? And he said, "Yeah." And she told him a joke about polar bears. Now I won't repeat it because it does end in expletive. <laughs> but, <Yeah. laughs> but, but the thing is, she had that fantastic sort of uh, directness and uh, also a kind of a kind of innocence. Uh, and and you know, she, 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 I think Irish people did. Uh, they, they, they
2: we were proud right now, of her and we worried about her and we distressed over her, didn't we? B.P. Fallon, Fallon gave a beautiful tribute on the RT News last night where he, he spoke about her and was clearly very emotional. Um, he said she was a great hugger. You never met anybody who could give a hug so well from the heart. So she really yeah. was affectionate, wasn't she?
3: Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, I, 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 I said myself that that was something that immediately, you know, I heard the news. I thought of the, 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 the hooks and that, and, you know, it was a thing that Sinead did uh, wonderfully. Um, you know, so so it is true that Irish people worried about her and, you know, that she she, she was in the public eye even when she didn't want to be. But, you know, in in, in the end, it does also come down to the fact that she was such an extraordinary artist and such a brilliant singer. And you could see when she was singing a song that she was delivering something absolutely passionately from the heart, giving every element and aspect of herself.
4: Yeah
2: to the song and to the performance. Okay, because um, the line on the Cobra and we played Mandinka from it, um, I do not want what I haven't got featured, um, nothing compares to you. I was looking at it this morning the biog of the album and the song and it went to number one pretty much in every country that had a chart at the time. But that was the peak, wasn't it? Did did she, do you think musically, uh, like there was 10 albums but it was, it was was it impossible to match nothing compares to you after that?
3: Well, you know, there are moments um, in the arc of an artist's career when something utterly magical happens. And that's certainly the case with the video for Nothing Compares to You. I mean, just you know, it's a great, it's a great song and she sings it absolutely beautifully and brilliantly. Um, but the video with the tear running down her cheek, I mean, it's a close-up on her face. is really what the video it, it comprises. Um, and and there's that moment when she mentions uh, the word "mama," and, and 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 a tear flows down, and a second tear flows down. And it's one of the most extraordinary videos ever because it is so simple on one level, but so emotionally uh, impactful on, on 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 the other. And that is a particular magic that happened, uh, and and that established her as uh, an artist who was known. All over the world. <clears throat> and so, I, you know, I don't think it's right to think that she didn't uh, achieve the same heights again musically, but she didn't have the same m- magic combination of elements again. Um, you know, it's a bit like talking about Hosier and saying, uh, Take Me to Church. Yeah. It's his greatest song ever. You know that was an, a similar moment where the video matched the song. Yeah. It captured the imagination. It was a story. It was in the context of uh, you know the, the 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 aggression towards people who are, who are gay, and 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 people connected with it, and it became phenomenal, global... Yeah, uh, I know what you mean. Yeah, a good comparison. But but he is still making absolutely astounding music and in the same way Sinead continued to make... So
2: maybe that didn't concern Sinead O'Connor. Maybe she wasn't chasing the hits. There's an article in one of the papers this morning that said she was never even interested in fame. Would you think that?
3: No, she wasn't really concerned at all about commercial success. She did what she did on the one hand because she was completely besotted with music. I mean, she listened to music all the time. She knew reggae inside out, and that influenced her music greatly. So she loved music, and she was, uh, you know, completely enraptured in, in, in by it. Uh, and she wanted to make great music. She wanted to write great songs. Um, but you know, beyond beyond that, uh, she uh, saw herself as an artist who could. Uh, convey through her music the spirit and the turbulence of of, of, of her own life, mm-hmm. uh, but also uh, you know deal with the big uh, issues that she thought were important in terms of our negotiating our way to a better place uh, in terms of first of all, Ireland, because that was where she's grown up and what she knew best, <laughs> but also more widely in, in, across the world. Okay,
2: F- finally um, uh, she leaves another part of her legacy behind. I heard last night um, that there is a new album finished and just waiting to come out. That's kind of happy and sad, isn't it?
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, This one of those, we were, we were we were, kept up to date on what was going on there. David Holmes is uh, a uh, 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 good good friend and, and uh, he was working with her producing the album um, and everyone I know is very proud of the work and, and uh, I imagine that Sinead would have been or was um, so you know just uh, we, we, we have to look forward to that with great anticipation but at the same time of course there is a terrible sadness uh, about the Awful reality that Sinead O'Connor will not be here with us to share uh, in and to celebrate uh, this this uh, new work of art. Okay. Okay. Uh,
2: undoubtedly, Hot Press will feature very heavily on the passing Sinead O'Connor in this
3: next edition, am I right? Absolutely, yeah. 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 We have to tear up the script, start again. Um, but of course, you know, Sinead is one of those artists uh, who who made such a huge uh, impression on us all and who changed uh, music uh, not just in Ireland but across the world so uh, yeah we, we, we'll be saying our piece about Sinead and, and paying tribute to her in the next and year
2: and thank you for your tributes this morning as always and i appreciate you taking the call and I'm Stokes editor of
4: Hot Press When you fell. Fa-
0: the foggy
2: I have to say, a lot of requests for that already this morning. Happy to play Sinead O'Connor with the Chieftains, Paddy Maloney on the pipes and the Foggy Dew. Um, and I see people requesting, actually, uh, all morning. So text yourselves for a song you'd like to hear. Text 868 I see a lot coming in for Raglan Road. Uh, many, of course, for Nothing Compares to You. I know in honour and tribute to the late Sinead O'Connor, you will play a song. So make it the Foggy Dew that Sinead sang with the Chieftains. It really shows her voice. She sang this as Conor McGregor walked into the arena for one of his fights. You should look at the clip, Neil. Sinead Sinead hated hypocrisy and always spoke the truth, but the media made her out to be some kind of a lunatic. There's a clip going around on TikTok on which she's on the Late Late Show with Ryan Turbherty questioning the 10 grand prize money, which is very relevant now, don't you think, even. Good point. She spoke the truth, but Ryan already laughed it off, Missy. RIP hopefully in the arms of her beautiful son Shane. What a beautiful text thank you for that and there are many more um, just like pages and pages not just across Cork but certainly across Ireland and overseas as well we'll do some of the texts after the break
1: the number one talk show in Cork if it's happening in Cork Neil is
0: talking about it the
2: Neil Prendiville show on Red FM and Dinka was Sinead O'Connor's best song Neil but so sad but hopefully her tormented mind is now at peace please play uh, Forth and Vine or The Wolf is Getting Married brilliant songs thank you for hearing me by Sinead O'Connor it's a beautiful song Ode to Billy Joe Oh yeah, I loved that version. It had the most quirky drum beat going through it, actually. Her version of Ode to Billy Joe. Great song. Her cover of that. The Foggy Dew. Many people asking for it, so I delivered on that. Nothing Compares to You holds this very special place in my heart. Such a stunning, haunting voice as I leash. Sinead O'Connor singing This Is Not a Rebel Song. Uh, please play She Moves Through the Fair. It's a hauntingly beautiful rendition by Sinead R.I.P. Yes, I heard John Creedon play that last night, actually. Super version. Uh, can you play One More Day by Sinead O'Connor from Veronica Gearan and my daughter Sasha does a great job of that herself says Frick Uh, hearing her heard her sing don't cry for me Argentina last night it was haunting says Mary Heard that as well, because I was listening to John Creedon and he actually played that also. Good version. One More Day by Sinead O'Connor. Nothing compares to you, says Sinead. Um, Another one here says, please, can you play uh, Sinead O'Connor's version of Elton John's Sacrifice? See, I mean, she was so versatile, really, wasn't she? Uh, The Butcher Boy, R.I.P. Sinead. A Sinead O'Connor song that really hits you. Um, is Dreaming of the Bones with Davy Spillane, a super song, says Richie. Sinead Connor was one of a kind, Neil, a legacy from from our time. I'd love to hear her version of Scorn, Not His Simplicity. I loved her music. Uh, RT is a disgrace. Barely a mention of the passing of Sinead O'Connor last night, yet it was the main news story on Sky News all day. Somebody else says, Anthony, like many other people, I mainly listen to radio. It's just been non-stop coverage of Sinead O'Connor's death. May she rest in peace. I think the media in every form should get things in proportion. There's an awful lot of hypocrisy around, and not just in the media. Was she ever given the freedom of any city? Did any president ever invite her to the Auris? Please let the woman rest in peace and stop making a circus of it, says Anthony. Thank you for that text. I'd love to chat on air about that, because it's not the only type text that I received like that. I was talking earlier on about another text that I received that said something quite similar to it, which we'll come back to. Actually, i read it now. Um, it says, it's so sad and very sad that Sinead O'Connor passed away. May she rest in peace. I did like her music, but as a person, uh, she spent her entire life trying to shock and offend people, clearly because of mental health issues. But I find it totally sickening and hypocritical the way some media are totally now milking her death. The same media, broadcast and print, who jumped on every mental health episode she ever had over the years and are now, in inverted commas, shedding tears and telling us how special she was. Now all of a sudden she is a saint. Let her rest in peace and respect her family and friends, people that actually knew and loved her, grieve. And grief is a very private and personal thing. Thanks, as always, says Tony, by text, by email, to neil at redfm.ie. So there's that and lots more besides. And you can pick uh, your own choice of songs and we'll see what people are coming back with. Text 868 104 Back after 10.
1: You're listening to the number one talk show in court, The Neil Prenderville Show. It's the best in On Red FM. Now, The Neil Prenderville Show, Red FM.
2: Examiner called her a child of Ireland, our girl Sinead, our beloved friend. Um, and many people uh, texting uh, from all over the world, and certainly all over the country. A lot of people listening online as well. Sinead had a beautiful song called In This Heart that she sang on her own, but also did a lovely duet with Christy Moore. Incredible vocals teamed with powerful lyrics as she would have, as would have been her trademark, as in great vocals and great lyrics. Sleep easy, Sinead. You brought light into the dark. Um, you made me the thief of your heart is worthy of playing, says uh, another texter. It's amazing how she died on the 26th of the 7th, 23. If you add those numbers together, you get her age. R.I.P. Sinead. Uh, another that says, I loved her. We are the same age, part of the first generation of Irish youth to say to the church, you're not going to scare us like it did to our parents. We said, we know what you're doing. We know your dark secrets and we won't be frightened into silence. Geldof lit the torch with Banana Republic and Sinead took it to the next level. She was the leader of those who were teenagers of the 80s. She was fearless, strong, uncompromising. May she be at one with the goddess. What a beautiful text. Neil, there's always hypocrisy when someone passes away. Didn't you know that? That's the way people have gone. Just totally fake. Uh, Morning, Una says, I loved Sinead's rendition of Danny Boy. I think it portrayed her voice as the unique musical instrument that it was and embodies her soul to the full. R.I.P. to her, says Una. Thank you for all of those suggestions. Keep them coming. Text 0868-104-106. As people grieve the life and times and sad death of Sinead O'Connor at the age of 56. Her Her family said... It's with great sadness that we announced the passing of our beloved Sinead. Her family and friends are devastated and have requested privacy at this very difficult time. So that is why, to those of you that are asking about how and when she died, nobody is speculating about anything like that at the moment out of respect to the family and the passing of the great woman. Undoubtedly, much of that will be talked about in the future. Um, And of course, when you look at... Her past and the 10 solo albums and the songs that she wrote for films and the collaborations with other artists and the covers of other people's music, including Prince uh, and the version of Nothing Compares to You. Um, The downside, of course, to much of her life was that she was in the spotlight too often for the wrong reasons. I wouldn't necessarily include any of the events around uh, things that she felt strong about. Right, because she was proved to be right in many of those subsequently. But it was interesting, she was ordained a priest um, and uh, announced that she wanted to be known as Mother Bernadette Mary, and of course the media and the papers made a big deal of that at the time. She rejoined Sinn Féin, Um, she had many different spats with uh, people involved in uh, music. Madonna was one, Prince was another. Um, And how right she was, I mean, she wrote an open letter to Miley Cyrus, uh, warning Miley Cyrus and other young stars like her, about being sexually exploited by the music industry and the songs they were singing and the lyrics they were singing. And if you look at at music now and the lyrics of music now, how right she was about that, particularly young female stars and the over-sexualization of them and the lyrics of many of the songs. Uh, So again, I'm not so sure she was off the mark there. Uh, Converted to Islam in 2018 of course. um, And I mean, she she wasn't adverse to trying new things or to constantly being trying to navigate and find her way and her path in life. And I suppose to a large extent, um, we're all trying to do that, but hers was played out very publicly to a large extent. And of course, then in January of last year, the death of her 17 year old son, Shane, found dead after being reported missing a couple of days previously. Um she survived by her three children. she married I think she married like four times, perhaps five times, I'm hundred percent sure how many. But I think the death of Shane, of course, was something that she found very, very difficult to deal with. Text 0868104106 on that. We'll pick it up. That and lots more besides throughout the course of the morning. For sure more Sinead O'Connor music between now and midday. Cork's number one talk show. The Neil
1: Prendeville Show
2: on Red FM. Massive outpouring by text this morning, and I will come back to them throughout the course of the morning with more Sinead O'Connor music. I promise you that. So keep your texts coming uh, and your thoughts on Sinead O'Connor. Text 086 8104 106. I promise to come back to it. I certainly will. Um, but here's something that's never too far from the news, right? With regards to the world that we live in now, which is a very different world to say a decade ago. Um, And uh, I think it's fair to say that Garda morale was never so low. In fact, there's an article in the Irish Times recently that was reading where they say that uh, Garda morale is now zero level. And you have to ask yourself the question why. I imagine one of the reasons why is the change in what Garda have to do now uh, with regards to their work and what they do within their work. We have more issues now with drugs uh, than ever before not just the importation or the smuggling of drugs but the use of drugs and the criminality attached to that. We see court reports more and more these days than ever before with regards to assaults um, um, murders, rape domestic abuse incidents that the Angarda Chicana have to deal with youth crime uh, escalating at an alarming rate with criminality now at a younger and younger age add to that uh, the increase in fraud crime or cybercrime that our guardie have to investigate. So you're, that's that's kind of like a cocktail, just an example of some of the things that they have to deal with. And I wonder, particularly in certain aspects like fraud or cybercrime and things like that, are they getting the right training for it? So you can only imagine the frustration within the rank and file all the way up uh, to the Garda commissioner, Drew Harris, who they have now um, uh, tabled a vote of no confidence in. In fact, I believe that that vote of no confidence was tabled by the Cork Division of the Garda Representative Association. So on that matter, and lots more besides, I'm joined by Podrick Harrington, who's the GRA rep uh, for the Cork Division and, of course, a working officer himself. Podrick, good morning. Can you, can you hear me okay now, Podrick? Morning to you.
5: Yeah, yeah, I can hear you perfect, chat Sorry about that.
2: Um I, I don't know where to start really, maybe an example of it would be uh, the journal this morning is saying that on Tuesday evening in Dublin Central 500 calls from the public could not be handled on Tuesday evening alone because there aren't enough Gardaí to deal with the volume of calls. Um, your thoughts on that, I can understand the frustration of members of the Gardaí when we hear a statistic like that
5: Yeah, well Neil, I I, I think that one is a scandal about to break, Um There's 999 calls, my understanding from members, uh, from talking to the other executive members, uh, that represent the people in Dublin. Um, Some people are ringing 999 and it's taking 10 minutes, um, over 10 minutes to to answer that call, Neil. Um, Others are, you know, over 5 minutes, 6 minutes, 7 minutes. But some calls, and you don't know what the 999 call is, are taking over 10 minutes. So that could be, like, somebody's going to get killed. And these issues have been raised um, with the Garda Commissioner, and he has ignored them, unfortunately. Um, And uh, I, I suppose when we try to raise, like we have a a, a list of issues that we've raised with the Garda Commissioner, and like if I could go through some of them, deal with you. Be my like guest. We, we we've raised morale with the Garda Commissioner, and he says there's no problem. Um, we've raised the recruitment and retention uh, issue with the Garda Commissioner, and he is saying it's industry norms. But uh, like it was never the guards was always a career choice for people. So if you go back to you know, Noreen O'Sullivan's time or Faulkner Murphy's time or Pat Burns' time, you used to have, you know, maybe ten resignations in, in a year. Ten between ten and twenty was kind of the norm. Um we had hundred and seven so far this year, so if, if that trend continues, that'll be one hundred and forty. That's a different and that's
2: different to retirement now. This is I hear tell us members of Uncardish who who decide to leave early and go into the private sector as an example, for instance.
5: Absolutely, yeah. You you have a a huge amount of young members leaving because they, number one, the pension that they would retire on, that they're forced to retire on at 60, is going to be less than the the old age pension. You simply could not live on it. Um, And they're coming in and then they're recognising that fact. And this was raised with the Garda Commissioner and he he hasn't done anything about it. you know, he's failed to honour numerous commitments. Like he, he has recognised that w- with some of those younger members, you know, he owes them money. Like he, he brings them back to Temple more. They're at a loss of earnings. Um, some of them have, you know, I, I have structural engineers. I have physiotherapists, people with degree qualifications um, that are owed money you know, they should go up two increments on the pay scale. And he is failing to to pay them, Mm. Um, you know, which is, it's against his own code of ethics. Um, What we we do know
2: is there's 650 less guardian than there was
5: in 2020. Um, 650. 850, is it? 850. Like, in March 2020, there was 13,900 strength in the force, sorry, there was fourteen thousand seven hundred and fifty. Today there's thirteen thousand nine hundred, so he has eight hundred and fifty less. And back back on on the twenty eighth of November he wrote to all the, the Garda associations and he said that he couldn't return to the six on four off roster because it would impact on services like you know domestic violence victims um etc cetera, etc cetera, and that to do it he would have to take from services like drugs or crime or whatever. And then last week we were shocked to learn um, that he, he wanted to return to that, even though he has been advised by his own senior leadership team that he does not have the resources to do it. Um, can can, we, we, look at sh- can we look
2: at the shift patterns, if you don't mind, because this is one of the central off- issues here is the roster system where Gardio currently working a four on, four off, 12 hour shift, is it?
5: That's correct, yeah. And it, that was brought in as an, an emergency roster for COVID. Um, everybody will remember all the checkpoints and stuff like that we had to do. And it was brought in so that there would be no um, there be no crossover of units and it was it was to, to do with protecting the public and protecting the membership that were out trying to protect the public from from COVID. Um but prior to that we we had all done six days on, four days off, and the various different shift patterns. So, like the earlys you'd have started at seven and you'd have finished at five, mm. and there there could be another unit maybe starting at three and finishing at one and another unit starting uh, at nine and finishing at seven, that sort of thing, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and what, so uh, uh, what,
2: what, and so you want that you want that changed
5: no like we, we have always said that the six on four off is is the default roster but you know we always wanted to return to that and we were in roster negotiations but i suppose we didn't factor in that the the commissioner uh, you know couldn't recruit um mm. you know that like because he hasn't tackled the issues of pensions and stuff like that that people wouldn't come into the guards it's not attractive just um, it's not as attractive to sign up as a career choice it, it no longer and uh, you know if my nephew came to me and said, you know, is the guards a good job to join? I would say, stay away from it. You, you know, your pension is going to be crap. Um, you, you you, simply couldn't, if you joined after 2013, you simply will not be able to survive when you're forced to retire at 60 years of age because you will be on less than the old age pension. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is
2: it so not? It, there not, not a an element choice, of a you know? vocation, though, in being, being a guard? You know, a bit like being a doctor or a nurse or a, a paramedic or a firefighter. Do you know what I mean? That it's a lot more than just a, a career or going to work.
5: Absolutely. And as we say, I have the likes of, you know, I represent the likes of people who have, you know, came from structural engineering, uh, physiotherapy. There's there's people, you know, electricians, plumbers. Um, there's people with trades and qualifications within the guards. And you'd be kind of looking at, you, at them and saying, You'd be paid way more if you went into the private sector, but they love doing what they what they do. Can you talk when about far- what you
2: do, Padraig? Is that is that I'm a
5: de- Yeah, I'm a detective in the Bridewell Garda Station, and I'm attached to what they call the Serious Crime Unit in Cork City. So we deal with the you know the more serious stuff, the murders and the uh, robberies and burglaries, stuff like that.
2: Do you find but do you do you find it a satisfying job? Do you feel that you're making a difference because your job is so important?
5: I do, but like at this stage, Neil, I, I'm 23 years in the Guards and I'm fully invested into the Guards. And for me to change career at this stage would be, you know, would be madness. And I'm not one of the people that's going to retire. Like, my terms and conditions are completely different to, to the younger members. So I will retire on, uh, you know, a good pension. I'll retire on half my, my wages, yeah. which is, you know, I'll retire on a pension of about thirty thousand. Um which you can survive on, you know, when you yeah. reach 60 years of age, you'd be saying, I'll have my mortgage paid off and I should be able to, to you know, provide for my family on, on 30,000. Um, so I'm very different, to, you know, the, the older guards are very different to the, the younger guards. And that, that is half the problem. The pension is a huge issue. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, so, I, I know, I know, say, for instance, your job would involve carrying arms and what have you, because that's what you're trained to do. Uh, and, I, and, I, and, and, and there are other aspects as well regarding, say, for instance, the suspension of members and, and GSOC investigations. Members of Engarda Shikona looking over their shoulder, wondering, you know, are they going to get into trouble if they do something wrong in the line of duty? That's a big worry, isn't it?
5: Yeah, absolutely, and like if I could just touch on that suspension of members, I, I think we have 116 people suspended, and like we're we're bringing the, the Garda Commissioner to the High Court fairly soon in relation to members blown Limerick, who he has failed to progress their investigations. They're not charged with anything. They're not being disciplined for anything. So they're sitting in limbo, and there is no appeals process within the Guards for that, and we have lots and lots of members around the country. I have members in Cork City that are suspended and their investigations are not being progressed. And like, if if we did the same thing to, you know, criminals out there, the cases would be thrown out in court. Mm, mm. You know, we have to progress um, investigations in a timely manner. So, like... A lot of those 116 members that are out suspended could be brought back in and they, they, they could be utilised. You know, and it's awful having capital. it hanging over their head as well, isn't it? Absolutely. And, you know, a, a lot of these people will be, will be found to have done absolutely nothing wrong.
2: What do, you, um, what do you make of the public's perception? I was trying to describe how the job is very different now in many different aspects of the life that we live in or the world that we live in now. Um, but the public's perception of Vangardie um do you think it's a healthy one? Do you think that people are fair and understand the predicament that Guardi find themselves in?
5: Yeah, absolutely. We, we've always enjoyed the, the, the confidence of the public. Um, but if if we continue on the road that we're on at the moment... We are going to move to the UK uh, model, and you know you'll have detection rates. I, I looked at the stats there for last year, the year before in the UK, and detection rates are seven percent. I mean, if you, what does the detection rate mean? What does it mean? It, it, it's 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 uh, detecting a crime and bringing uh, somebody before the court stance or for that crime. Like we we enjoy uh, detection rates, you know, up in the thirties and forty percent bracket, um, depending on the year you look at. And like the, the commissioner is attempting to move us to the British policing model, which is a failed model. It has failed all over the UK. They had to introduce emergency measures in Manchester um, and they're moving away from the model. But we're now set to repeat the mistakes that the UK made uh, unless he turns away from the model that he's trying to introduce here. Okay, but just staying
2: for a moment on the public's perception, here's what the people, because this is what I deal with on, on this show, it's the public's perception of our courts, our criminal justice system or our sentencing or the lack of um, um, attention that's given to the victim and everybody in, in our legal system seems to think way too much about the defendant or the criminal or the person that's before the court and the suspended sentences and, and things like that. Does that does that impact on detective and Garda morale?
5: Uh, to a certain extent, yes, but like our job, Neil, is to investigate crime and to bring an offender before the court and it's the court services that take over after that i mean it's up to the to the legal system then to decide it's not up to the guard to decide you know should that fella get prison or should he get off that's up to the 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 court services and like that's a matter that you'd have to take up with them once we get somebody to the court and we prosecute the case what happens after that is is to do with the the legal system, and yeah. Yeah. you know that's yeah. a matter for them to answer. Yeah,
2: okay. So this this vote of no confidence, say for instance in, in Drew Harris, where where will that go? I mean, is this is just optics, really, more than anything else? Is it?
5: Look, I don't know what way the vote will go, Neil. Um, I, I, just from from a Cork perspective, I suppose I met with my representatives that are around the different stations and, and that on Tuesday night, and for two or three hours we discussed and we discussed various different options. And you know, we didn't come to the decision lightly to to, to look for a ballot of the membership. Like, I suppose the general feeling in the room was that um, you know if if Drew Harris isn't listening to us. And if, if you know, we had written twice to Minister McEntee, um the General Secretary did, and they just got an acknowledgement, uh, he got an acknowledgement of, of the letter and, and, you know, we were trying to raise urgent issues with her and she wouldn't meet us. So. Oh, I know
2: that, but you can't go on, on strike, you see. That's the point. And, and if there is an overwhelming vote of
5: no confidence in the Garda Commissioner, what would that result in? Well, depending on the, on, on the result of the ballot, um obviously we'll have a, a special delegate conference and and we'll decide at that uh, what we're going to do um should, like i can't preempt what what the 160 delegates that, that would attend that special de- delegate conference will decide um you know it's not all down to cork and it's not all down to Padre Carrington. but what, oh but what i know we'll that do.
2: but are we looking at another blue flu or, or something like that i'm
5: wondering I, I, Again, Neil, I I can't say what the delegate conference will decide. Um, Do you know what I mean? I'm only one one voice, one vote out of 160 at that.
2: Appreciate you taking the call and explaining it as well as you have. Let's see how the vote goes. Much obliged to you, Padding harrington GRA rep for the Cork division. Your thoughts on law and order and policing is always welcome. Uh, text 868 We'll pick it up after the break.
1: You're listening to Cork's number one talk show. I just think he's a brilliant interviewer. The Neil Prenderville show on Cork's Red FM.
2: Closure announcement of the wild goose. It just came out that gas and electric companies make almost 1,000% profits within 12 months. And they're on about the cost of living. I think at this stage, the government should just come out and tell the truth. It's all getting back. It's all about getting back the cost of the pandemic. Yeah, I don't know why they can't rein in the utility companies and the energy companies and things like that, uh, because much of what restaurants are suffering from, of course, is increased costs right across the board, including uh, utilities, which would be gas and electric. I'm a close friend with Agarda, and he's been telling me recently that it's horrendous. He told me on one day last week, it was just him and his partner policing three areas of the city. His partner got called into a foster care situation which left left the other Garda on his own for 7 hours to deal with all sorts in three areas of the city. We live together and he is trained, he is drained and depressed. ...when he gets home because he's just burnt out. He also said "Gardi are resigning every day of the week because it's not worth the hassle. I can see him walking away within the next few months for sure. And I'd advise that he should because it's just not worth it. Keep those texts coming. Text 868 Can I also say for people who listen who are members of Ungardi Akana... ...if you have thoughts or opinions or something you'd wish to say... You can text 868 and I will never give out anybody's private information ever. Uh, Pat, good morning. Good morning, Nate. Okay, so following on the GRA conversation there with, uh, with Padraig, your thoughts? No, I
6: just, my thoughts in relation to the comment you just made there what people are not aware of. It is a very stressful job at the moment and part and parcel of the numbers not being there. We hear of the numbers but if the real truth was said um, you would find had an awful lot of members and I've seen this over the years I often went into the station looking for dad and they say oh he's on leave or he's off sick for a week or whatever this job has gone so stressful uh, that's one of the reasons why the numbers are down now other reasons when you talk about the morale,
2: out sick and out suffering from stress and anxiety just, just move yeah. around a tiny bit there Pat yeah go ahead
6: Yeah, but another uh, thing there is um, he spoke about the morale. Some of the morale in in the police force is internal. So I saw it over the years. Fantastic girls doing their job and they were so humiliated by other members um, that they actually w- left and went back to their trades.
2: You're, you sound to so, me as if you know so much enough to know... I, that you're I'm dealing with 20 years of what uh, I meant. I could write an encyclopedia on it. But you're, but you're not a guard? No,
6: I'm not a guard. I'm a victim that is very left down with a system over 20 years. Okay. And to be straight up now... I've seen the Garda Commissioner um, at meetings there and he's uh, he's a top class, 100% professional man. Now what he has to do, and he's very much focused on this, he's there to serve the public and if there's crime on our streets, if our drug thing is now in every village and town, not alone the inner city in Dublin and places like that and even the cities, all the cities around the country, um, he can. Consider- the facts on the ground that this is
7: getting out of control. Yeah, but I just so
2: heard this. there from the GRA. Patrick Harrington of the GRA has said that Drew Harris said there is no morale issue within Angarda Shikona. He's in denial. Well, he's in,
6: in denial. He may be in denial in the sense of making a statement is basically what he's saying. And this was said, I, I, I worked in a place and the employer had a famous saying, I don't want excuses. I want results. So what the Gerda Commissioner was saying indirectly, I don't want to hear all this stuff, internal stuff. We have a job to do, and I'm here to do this job. And to be fair, and I can see it, I am 100% confident in Drew Harris. And another person they brought in from the PSNI, and she's doing a fantastic job in road policing, is Paula Hillman fantastic job the best thing they've so done okay but
8: who's
2: responsible for, for less guardee than we had in 2020 who's responsible, who responsible for, yeah for who's responsible eyes. for less people wanting to sign up and be guards who's responsible for guards retiring early being poached away with better terms and conditions in the private sector is it helen no. Mackenty?
6: now to be fair from Jer- charlie flanagan Done a small bit on this. Helen McEntee is doing excellent work. But previously to that, this is where we got to where we got. We had a political system. One was backing the other. And it was even seen there with Phil Hogan during the COVID, the way he was able to try and manipulate a member of Angara Shia Corner into not doing his job. This is what we've had over mostly, possibly. Uh, 14 or 15 years of this uh, country and that's where it's got to where it's got. Now in all honesty, and I would say this with hand on heart, I wouldn't encourage anybody to go into the present police force that we have. The only reason people went into it in the past is because, as it Manager said the pension was. Ah, no, people didn't sign up to be guards just for the pension. They did
2: not. Nobody starts out at a young age wanting to be a guard for the pension. They want to be guards to be guards, as the the Yanks would say, to protect and serve.
6: That's a myth, and I've seen it over 20 years. Now, in over 20 years, I've come across remarkable girls and done... But you're like, somebody
2: signs up to be a guard for the pension, is literally saying at the age of 21 or 22 that they're going to clock watch until they're 65. That makes no sense.
6: It doesn't, but should've. where have we got? Where have we got? Do you think that, that anybody had win into the system we have now? But that system was manipulated, and I've seen evidence. It is underground over 20 years. I have seen this. I can tell you, and I could go into facts. Now, what another thing there came up on numerous occasions, and he covered it early. Code of ethics. There was a certain amount of guards were not even signed up to that code of ethics. Now, if you were interested and you are the person you are describing a minute ago um, that you're really set out to do and you're going to make changes, you'd have no problem in signing up with that code of
2: ethics. To be honest with you, so I know I know absolutely nothing about the, the code, code of ethics. Of ethics was in the garden, you Do Chicago.
6: your job in an honourable way, and you do your job to the best of your ability. You yeah. serve the people of this country. Yeah. Now, in all honesty, if you were asked going into your radio station that you had to do your job in a certain way, and this is the condition, I want you to sign that, and you didn't sign that, there's something wrong somewhere.
2: Well, I don't know anything about why a guard wouldn't want or who does or who doesn't. I'm just, I don't know. I'm just dealing, with, why, I'm just dealing with the I'd reality of what 10, 10 or 15 years ago. 10, no, no, I mean... No. Because it's plain as the nose on your face. The criminality is out of control. There are lots of new types of different crimes. I listed them out earlier on. We have less guardy than ever before. 15 years ago, we were screaming and roaring about the... About, roaring about the you know what we were talking about? We were talking about not enough Garda vehicles or the state of the Garda fleet of cars and vans. Now we're screaming and roaring that we have nobody to drive them.
6: Now, to be fair, when I say the Garda Commissioner is a very professional guy and doing an excellent job, the Garda Commissioner can see the faults there. He doesn't want to highlight him to the whole country. He wants to work internally within the force, and that's how professional he is. He, ha- he holds his cards very close to his chest. He has a vision and he has to change things. He, he has to bring back for the general public and for members one Garda Corner a fully
2: functioning police Okay, let's see what people have to say on your contribution this morning. Thank you for it, Pat. Text 0868 104 106. Um, Sinead O'Connor, many, many, many texts. You have to be an alcoholic or dead to be any good in this country. At least she will fill programmes for radio, television and newspapers now. Oh, the hypocrisy of the media. Sloan Sinead. Uh, make me the channel of your piece. She sang it on the Late Late Show with Gay Byrne. It was just the most beautiful performance I've ever heard. Oh, what a voice, what a talent. Gone too soon. R.I.P. Sinead. She has left us her beautiful voice and music to keep forever says Ginny Uh, Scorn not his simplicity this song from Sinead is totally haunting simply an amazing voice deserves to be played says Carolyn Douglas many people talking about the Butcher Boy lovely song she sang Uh, says Mags on the South Douglas Road it's such a pity she's gone may she rest in peace Uh, Take Me to Church by Sinead O'Connor a great song great words a truly honest person And our honesty has been confused by some people as madness. Um, I love The Foggy Dew. Also love Sinead's version of War, a cover of the Bob Marley song based on the speech by the Emperor Haile Selassie of Ethiopia. Uh, Neil and team, what about the Haunted by the Ghost with Sinead and the Pogues? Well, there's so many to choose from. Uh, when I heard, when I first heard Nothing Compares to You, I was in my early teens living in a tiny village in Poland, not knowing then that she is Irish and one day Ireland would become my home. I absolutely loved that song, although I didn't know the words. I'm here 25 years now. She passed away and I never stopped loving her songs. So sad. Rest in peace, Sinead. You will be missed. There's that and lots more besides. I heard the earlier text cribbing about R. T. not mentioning Sinead's passing while John Creedon dedicated his entire show to her last night. RTE, you know, isn't just about the television. Yes, he did, actually. And in fairness, Creedon, as usual, did an ace, top-class job.
1: Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818 104
2: 106. Cork's Red FM. One of our finest broadcasters for many a long decade, of course, is the one and only Dave Fanning, and he joins me by phone. Dave, good morning. Neil, are you good, go my right? man, good. Did you, as, as um, a broadcaster, a lover of music, and a friend of Sinead O'Connor, did you always worry about her that she could be gone too soon?
7: To be honest, I'd have to say possibly, yeah. I mean, she did endure huge pain throughout her life. She really did. She repeatedly threatened suicide. She was diagnosed bipolar when she talked to, um, or so she told. Um, what do call it, Oprah Winfrey in 2007, but then it was changed to PTSD. And there were so many other things, like, for instance, you know, she was agoraphobia in the last few years, all the stuff of being a nun and a priest and everything else, and taking the Muslim religion, trauma, controversies, mental health struggles. She went. I mean, if you read the book, her biography, her autobiography from last year called Rememberings, like the last few pages up to about 2015, and so she talks about open surgery, radical hysterectomy, followed by a total breakdown. She uses phrases like surgical menopause, the insides taken out. She told me once, like, she might be 55, but she feels kind of, you know, 75. Uh She went to America for better mental health care, worked for a while, didn't. So, like, she was always quite pained at the beginning, in the middle, and at the end.
2: It's awful that somebody would carry so much trauma in her and, hurt yeah, and, hurt, and isn't She it?
7: really did carry so much trauma, didn't she? It was just terrible really, really terrible.
2: The early days though, I was chatting with Niles Stokes earlier on, and, and clearly you'd be front and center of this. A band called Tonton Makoos. I don't know if many people recall that. But and BP Fallon said last night that he she once slipped a demo into his hand when she was about fourteen years old, I believe, is it?
7: Well, the funny thing is when she was about that age, she wrote a song for Into Anua who at the time were a bit of a big name in the yes. mid of the 80s because it was Mother Records. And Mother Records was the label set up by U2 to help young bands. And in fact, Fockno Kelly was in charge of uh, Mother Records, also was the manager of the Boontown Lats. And he kind of, if you like, took Sinead under his wing after Tonton Makut, which is only short short-lived, and brought her to London to make her debut album, but she insisted on producing herself, much to the great mirth of the record company. What does that mean when, when
2: you say produce it to, to people listening? Like, is, is that responsible for every aspect of the album?
7: More or less, certainly for every aspect of the recording of the album, yeah. Telling the musicians how it should sound, what she wants to do here and there. It's just being in charge of the studio. I mean, it's a, it's a huge job. I mean, you've heard of George Martin with the Beatles. It's that kind of, look what he did. It's that kind of thing. This is how I want to sound. And I'm the only one who knows how I'm going to get this. So I'm going to do this myself. And she did. And then the album from this unknown was Grammy nominated. That's the Lion and the Cobra you're referencing at a very young age. The Lion and the Cobra. I mean, the Lion and the Cobra is that first album at a very young age. She was pregnant around 18 years of age, went to London. Her mother died around the same time. She was killed in a car crash outside Fox Rock Church in South Dublin. And she was in London. She made this album. And the album, um, as I say, was Grammy nominated. And it really, like, Mandinka was the big song from it. But I think most people who know Sinead would definitely say that the real big song was Troy and that's the one.
2: Yeah, we played Mandinka already this morning. We've also played, um, I think it was Foggy Dew, and intend to Play Another Couple. Ten studio albums in total, but hard to ever match. Um, I do not want what I haven't got. Do you think that bothered her?
7: Oh my God, no. no. In fact, I'd say she was quite happy. I mean, the one thing about that you've got to remember is that it meant that she was able to follow her own path. And I'm talking about her own path in terms of A musical journey. Remember, she got so famous, besides Madonna, she was the most famous cultural female in the early 90s for a short while. And I do not want what I haven't got, as I did it for her because on that album was Nothing Compares to You. And she really didn't want, she never wants to be a pop star. She called herself a protest singer. She sang the song War and changed it to suit lyrics to talk about the Catholic Church and child abuse, etc. And she tore up a picture of the Pope and she was always told that her career would suffer, and it did. Her career as a pop star would suffer, and it did. Did it, it suffer everywhere?
2: Because I know she got banned in many radio stations. No, it did a-
7: suffer everywhere, but the point about it is, like is, she'd, she'd celebrate that suffering. She had no interest in being a pop star. I mean, her next album was, I thought it was a stopgap album. I didn't realise. It was called Am I Not Your Girl, and it was just a, a jazz standards album. I was going, yeah, okay, she made turn off. Let's see what she's going to do next. And what she did next was she followed her own... Muse, different genres, like Universal Mother in 94, or Faith and Courage, which was a good one in 2000. Then she did a shamnosed album. Then she did Throw Down Your Arms, Theology. And I thought the best two of all of those was the, were, the, were the next two from 2012 to 2014, which is the last album she made, How About I Be Me and You Be You and I'm Not Bossy, i the Boss, because there were great pop songs on them. And she actually has an album, Finished, um, which she plays in her house there some time back. And it's five tracks with herself and... Um, just one other person and that's David Holmes the Belfast music. what's
2: it like the album
7: well to be honest it was more stuff from the past it wasn't as poppy or bouncy and I preferred the previous two but I'd never say anything about an album after one listen I have to let it soak in you know what I mean
2: so what was your last sit down with her like
7: well the last sit down was in her was she had two houses I mean like you see the thing is in the last couple of years we were supposed to be making a Feature length documentary with Sinead and we had an awful lot of stuff sorted out and American distributors this and blah blah that and money here and blah, lots of stuff was done but it became kind of difficult. We had Sinead's contract, all the rest, but she, she was kind of all over the place. She didn't make it too easy. It was never her fault, and we always bowed to her. And then she got out her book, and that got in the way of a lot of things. Yeah. And to be honest, we kind of threw her hat at her, having done quite a bit of work, including the interview I mentioned, towards the end of uh, 2022, uh, 2021 in her house. She, we were in her house first in Bray, which she sold in South Dublin, and then she moved to a different one, uh, over the mountains, a tiny place, and that's where we did the interview, the last interview that we did. It was around the time of the of the um, autobiography, which would have been, what, August 21? No, August 22. And what kind of August a place 21.
2: do you think she was in then, particularly after the passing of her son Shane?
7: Well, no, the, her son Shane died about uh, four months later. Oh, he okay, died at yeah. the beginning of 2022. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, she was certainly not in a good place with Shane uh, in terms of the last 18 months, because one of the last posts we've seen has shown her to be very distressed. That's right. And... Um, she, uh, you know, she said she suffered then from agoraphobia and didn't really like going out. And the only thing she did in that time, actually, was go to Vicar Street to collect an award um, for her second album, which had kind of got the Choice Music Award classic album thing. So I'll tell you, when I gave her that award on the stage, you should have seen, like, the love that was coming from the crowd there. They all... I'm not saying they were asleep, but they all woke up and jumped up and you could see they all just wanted to give Sinead a hug. So happy to see her smiling as well. And she was very happy to be there. I thought I never thought she'd go.
2: And do you think, you know, because much of her life was was very much played out in the media and and ultimately it sold newspapers. But do you think enough was done for her considering all of her struggles for so long? Um, You know, are, 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 are we responsible in some way?
7: There's an element, probably, but I mean, by the same token, like, you know, she was her own boss. She did know, like, what she wanted, and even if she got lost all the time, she confronted too much trauma without trying to sort of circle away around it. She always said herself she went straight into the middle of it and basically kind of, if you like, regretted it a lot of the time. But I mean she knew what she was doing when she was making the statements. or making, You see, like, like when, when, when she was a person who people believed in, as so many people say in America did. Like for instance, when she brought out a book and there was an interview in the New York Times, you should see the three or four thousand comments that are written in the paper about it. Like she was a cultural icon to so many people who where she was up against the patriarchy and, you know, it was kind of, they, were, they had somebody they could look at. They could be themselves, you know. They didn't have to worry about having to conform mm. to some mm. ridiculous idea of who they kind of should be. And I'm talking basically 90% female here. She was a real, real kind of icon.
2: Um, so it doesn't surprise you the international outpouring of grief. Oh God, no. Yeah.
7: no, of course not. I mean, like, also her story always was an amazing one. She was troubled because no question about it all the time, and she knew that herself. But um, she was still, like, she was brilliant at what she did. And she was she was very fearless and very fragile all at once. And she was the same thing when she sang a song. She was very self-deprecating. She was, I don't know, a very sharp observer of a lot of things. A very gentle soul, a very generous. She was uncompromising, you know. She was she was different, you know. And, like, she was certainly going to be heard.
2: I wonder, was there a little bit of Sinead O'Connor in all of us? And to some extent, are we... Would we always to aspire to be more like her, or to be as brave of, as her? Do you know what I mean? That uh, we we actually admired those traits in her, wanting to have them ourselves.
7: There's absolutely no doubt about it, because even today and today, it's like people are so afraid to put their heads above the parapet yeah. at all because of this new thing of being cancelled, etc. Yeah. Sinead would never have even allowed that enter into her mind. I mean, she was so driven by the things she believed in, and thankfully. She did open the world big time in 1990, 1991 when she tore up the, the, the picture of the Pope and she was making a real statement about the church and child abuse and organized religion. And like, a lot of us, a lot of people, anyway were going, what on earth is she ranting about or what's going on? And it was 10 years later when we realized the beginning of the extent of the madness and then 23 years later again the absolute total nonsensical nature of the whole thing oh. just how crazy it is and I'm talking mother and baby homes I'm talking to them, and I'm certainly talking about cover-ups in the Catholic Church where she said, you know, evil that's what she talked about in terms yeah. of uh, yeah. the Vatican
2: Incredibly brave should be so missed Dave, thank you so much for taking the call this morning
7: Thanks a million, As always, Dave, Dave Fanning
2: Text 0868104106 I continue to play chosen songs mm. I like think our breadth of musical ability was so wide, wasn't it? You can do something like that with Shane McGowan, haunted by the ghost, and do She Moves Through the Fair. It was an incredible talent. Um, it's just breaking this morning now that the Metropolitan Police, because Sinead O'Connor died in London, they've released a statement saying the police were called at 18 minutes past 11 on Wednesday to reports of an unresponsive woman at a residence address in the SE24 area of London. 56-year-old woman was pronounced dead at the scene. Next, to Ken notified the death is not being treated as suspicious and a file would be prepared for the coroner. It's awfully sad.
1: Now... Brenderville
2: Show, Red FM. Keep those texts coming. Many people texting with regards to the very sad and tragic news of the passing of Sinead O'Connor at the age of 56. And I've also been encouraging you to share not just your own memories or your own thoughts for her, of her as a person or as a musician or as a trailblazer, but songs that you would like to hear me feature. And we've played quite a number already this morning. And I was talking about her birth, her breath of talent, actually. And the different types of music that she could handle, and the different types of music that she could uh, actually perform. Uh, she often, of course, um, turned her hand towards wonderful, wonderful renditions of beautiful Irish songs.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: She moved through the fair. Uh, I was talking earlier on this morning of much of what she called out about was proven to be ultimately true, and I read out a list of those that I thought were very relevant to the things she spoke about down through the years. I mean, it's it's incredible, actually, because there's a clip here um, from uh, Sinead O'Connor uh, on The Late Late Show with Ryan Tuberty. I believe at the time they were engaging in a big competition where they were sending people overseas on The Late Late Show and giving them flights and hotels and lots of spending money uh, and things like that. And I, and I mentioned that and played this little clip, actually, because a lot of it is very, very true, even now with regards to RTE and uh, its advertising and its sponsorship and the stuff that got them into a, an awful lot of hot water there of late. This is just a, a small clip of it. I think she's, she's calling out as to where they get um, all of this prize money from.
9: That you and a friend could be jetting off with British Airways for a two-week dream holiday, taking in Florida and the Caribbean. You'll enjoy a seven-night stay at the Crown Plaza Universal Orlando, followed by a seven-night
3: Royal Caribbean luxury cruise, taking in the Bahamas and lots more. To top it all off, this $10,000 spending money as well. So for your chance to win the holiday and the cash, answer this: Which popular TV or T drama series returns this weekend? Is it Love, Hate, Love Hurts, or Hate That? And if you know the answer, call 1516717181 or text the word "late." Can you what? Yeah,
5: you can ask me. One sec. Like,
3: uh, and your answer name to 57117. off oh, air or air. Honour. air. Further details on RTE Airtel page 199. You must be over 18 to enter. Lines will close at 11.25 tonight. We'll call someone live later. You've got to be there to take the call. Otherwise, you don't get the prize. Sinead, last really quick question.
4: Dying to know this. The 20 grand they give away every week. in the 10, city, uh, 10, Ten. And the country broke. Where yeah. do you get it?
3: Where do we get it? <laughs> Sponsorship.
4: Sponsorship. Where do you get it better.
7: keeps us alive. Okay, good well, night. Tour okay. America. Right.
4: And, a, and, a, and a second part a, a, tonight, sec- a second part of the question: Why don't you give it to some family who's broke? Why don't you just give, find some family who's completely broke every week? And that's it. To it. Them? Everyone can. Like see it's if, it's I could be on the end of the phone. And I've got enough money,
7: and I could still take the
9: twenty. Well, you could win it, and you yeah. could give it away.
10: That's the, that's the idea. It's it's
9: chronic. There's so much okay. money okay. in the country. Okay. Okay. Yeah. O'Connor, ladies, and gentlemen you just love that.
2: I just think that's fantastic for all the right reasons. Sinead, you were the voice of freedom, the voice of honesty and truth, the voice of reason, the voice of the weak, the voice of the downtrodden, the voice of love and humility, the voice of the faceless, the voice of diversity, the voice of passion and compassion, the voice of human kindness, the voice that will never die. The moon will rise, the sun will set, but we will never forget such a force to be reckoned with. Death has stolen you away and our hearts are broken, but you will forever remain a beacon of light that shines over Ireland, makes us proud of who we are. Another powerful, powerful text. You guys are on fire this morning with your texts and comments and your tributes. So, so sad. She was beautiful, had an amazing voice, and she was very misunderstood. Rest in peace now, Sinead. And shane her beautiful son what a beautiful talent and a remarkable brain she had hope she's at peace now finally i adore christmas and Sinead's version of silent night it will stop you in your tracks and make the hair on the back of your neck stand up what an amazing talent another one here from shiona she says rest in peace beautiful Sinead. you now get the biggest hug from your son and an even bigger hug from christ there will be many singing sessions up there you will be greatly greatly missed how and ever much of the time throughout her life and the controversies that um, were attracted into her life of course it was very much played out in public and it sold uh, an awful lot of uh, newspapers of course um, and one wonders as to whether there is an element of hypocrisy attached to all of that Um, it's interesting that Anthony actually believes that to be the case good morning Anthony
9: Good morning, Neil.
2: How that, are you? Is that what you're saying? Uh, that, it, that um, you know, yeah. she was she was a, a tool that was used to sell?
9: I think may she rest in peace, first of all. And she was a fantastic talent. There is absolutely no doubt about that. But I, I can't stand the hypocrisy that's going on. And it's not just in the media, because we had the president coming out and the Taoiseach saying how fantastic and talented she was. Now, we all know that the president is a champagne socialist. He's too busy entertaining popes and British royalty. Did he ever invite her up to the Oris? And we had two female presidents that claimed to be staunch feminists. Did they ever invite her up to the Oris? I don't know the answers to that. It could have happened privately. No, they never did. Okay, I don't, Not as far as I know, we would have heard about it. Did any city council offer the freedom of the city? The Dublin City Council? No, they gave it to Greta Thunberg instead. Yeah,
2: again, so I, I, don't, I don't know, now. you know, th- there could have been
9: offers that were turned down. I don't I don't know. Well, as far as I know, she never got well, an to, offer from, what, from what
2: we know, none of these things happened, yeah. yeah.
9: Yeah, and I mean, it's a bit disingenuous now to be saying, well, we all know you're a great man after your are dead. Like, I mean, that's as old as time began. But, I mean, it's getting a bit sickening now because I heard some journalists there last night and one of them, oh, I'm shedding tears. And the same journalist would rip her apart the last time she would have a... A psychiatric episode mm, mm. and I mean even Dr. Phil and Oprah exploited her at her weakest moments and I find that was absolutely disgusting in what way did by you see putting an interview on, by... with Dr. Phil she was at her lowest ebb and she was talking about her mother the woman obviously wasn't well it was absolute exploitation of somebody who wasn't well mm hmm Hmm. An Oprah of course. She talked to anybody as long as you get a story out of it. And the media are just doing this now because it makes a change from climate change. So she should
2: so because of her vulnerability, we should have she should have been minded more, protected more, helped more,
9: but was actually the opposite, exploited more. Exactly, that's what I think. And unfortunately, she'll be remembered more for the kind of. how can I put it diplomatically for the the bad things that she did not everybody agreed with everything she did and I mean like ripping up a picture of the Pope that offended a lot of people and then being ordained a a priest after that and running down the Catholic Church and then converting to Islam the Muslim faith but I never heard her criticize the Muslim faith and I'm not going to talk Gail of the Dead, but she, the woman was a massive contradictions, and she wasn't well. Mm. And that was clear and it was obvious for a long, long time. And people just cashed in on it. She wasn't invited onto shows because of her, of her music and her talent and her voice. She was a ratings grabber. That's why she was invited onto shows. Because she'd be controversial, people didn't care about her talent and her voice, but they knew she'd go on and she'd do something that'd be controversial. And but some of the things she was saying at the,
2: some of the things that she was saying at the time. I mean, in 2013, she was talking about the state of the over sexualization of the music industry, particularly young girls. She actually got in touch with Miley Cyrus at the time, telling her to be careful. She said, "The message you keep sending is that how it's somehow cool to be prostituted. It's not cool. It's dangerous." Dangerous. Women are to be valued so much more than their sexuality. We aren't mere objects of desire. I would encourage you to send healthy messages, healthy messages that you, that th- that you and others like you are worth more than what is currently going on in your music career. And here we are tw- 10 years later and the lyrics now and the overly sexualization of the music industry, particularly young artists, is completely out of control. And she was calling it out 10 years ago.
9: Well, I can't disagree with that, yes. She was perfectly right. I don't disagree with that for a second.
2: No, that's a, that's what I'm saying. Her, her messages, although she was struggling, they were always pretty much on the ball.
9: I don't know, though. I mean, when you look at that Dr. Phil interview I and mean, when you look at her with Oprah and other interviews that she did, I mean, she kind of... Uh, You'd be in despair. You'd say, oh, my God, what's she going to do next? And does she have to do this? And then I would say, they're just exploiting the poor woman. She's off clearly not well. She was looking for attention all her life that obviously she didn't get from a young age. Mm. And like I said, I'm not talking ill of her, but I'm talking ill of the people that exploited yeah. her. Okay. And exploited. I think she should be remembered for what she was. And I wish everyone would just leave her alone that are rest in peace. But all people are doing this morning is being... No, but
2: people are. I mean, people are just being kind. It's just
9: an outpouring of kindness and sadness. I know, but I mean, when does kindness and respect go into overkill? You know, I mean, it's been going on now since six o'clock yesterday evening on every single radio station. There was no escape. I suppose because
2: some of us felt that inevitably something tragic like this would happen, you know, and it has. But
9: that doesn't make it any better for our family. You know, I'm sure they would like to be left alone as well. And but don't you think, think that a fa-
2: don't you think that her family and friends would take an awful lot of comfort from the outpouring of love and kindness and messages?
9: I don't know. Maybe, personally, if it was she was a member of my family, I wouldn't want a load of people lighting candles and putting down bouquets of flowers outside the front door. I'd prefer to be left alone. There's a book of
2: condolence feed. offered by the Lord, opened by the Lord Mayor this morning at City
9: Hall. Is that a bad idea? No, but like I said, it's a pity one of the previous mayor's didn't offer her the freedom of the city.
2: I know what you're saying. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I mean, I can't disagree it's with you. I can't of can disagree with you, Anthony. I can't disagree that she was exploited in life. I can't disagree with that. Yes, yeah, that's I'm all disagree. I'm saying. Okay. I and
9: liked her. I actually liked her and I respected her talent and I felt sorry for her struggles. I really did. But like I said, may she rest in peace and you're playing a good tribute to her and you're not being over-drooling, you're being realistic. But, I mean, life has to go on as well, you know, and I think we just have to move on from it. Uh, She does deserve the respect she's getting at the moment. Like I said, it's a pity she didn't get it when she was alive.
2: Mm. Well, the same media broadcast and print, you said, who jumped on every mental health episode that she had over the years are now shedding what you probably would call to an extent crocodile tears. Exactly. Okay, okay. Thank you, Anthony. Text 0868-104-106. Sinead was a rare Irish person. She had the courage of her convictions to speak her mind. Or R.I.P. had gone long before our time. You know, there are many people that would love to have the courage of their convictions to speak their mind, but they can't. Dave Fanning made the point to me there earlier this morning that, you know, many people now have opinions or thoughts. God knows on so many different subjects and topics, but are afraid of being called out, afraid of being cancelled, afraid of the grief they would get from the uh, the trolls and the online mob. So they just keep their mouth shut on, on many things that are very important topics going on in society these days that people feel that they can no longer express an opinion. Um, I mean, I told you yesterday, one of the main reasons that Claire Byrne turned down the Late Late Show gig was because of the attention it would attract into her private life. Much of the attention she's getting already, she does not want, particularly with regards to online trolls. You wouldn't have said that about Sinead O'Connor. she wasn't afraid, as some people might say, it's easy to be very opinionated and come out and say whatever you want when you got a big bank balance and you're not relying on a job or holding on to a job and you really don't know or care. I'm sorry, you really don't care what people think about you. I accept that as well. But I think she was like that and don't believe that she was overly motivated by money or success. Uh, But who amongst us would not wish to have the courage to speak our convictions at all times? And unfortunately, it only comes as you get older. You become, and certainly in my own case, less bothered about what people think and more inclined to speak your mind. And you end up not really giving a damn what people think. But would you have said that in your 20s or your 30s, I wonder? Anyway, text0868104106. Let me go to the phone lines and then we'll get another song. I think uh, I got Anne online too. Anne, good morning. Good
10: morning, Neil. How are Busy you?
2: morning this morning. Your, your, your memories, actually, musically and of the girl herself.
10: Well, when she... W- she was number one, but nothing compares to the week my daughter was born. And that's actually where we called my daughter.
2: You called your daughter Sinead?
10: Yeah, and she's actually Sinead O'Connell. There was only a little difference there. Because Isn't her father actually adored her. And it so was, it, was, it, was, it, her was it
2: because you called her Sinead because of Sinead O'Connor and the release <laughs> of the song?
10: Because of the song, yeah, and Sinead O'Connor. Her father loved Sinead O'Connor, like.
2: Mm. And did, so she sing, did you sing? Did you sing? Did you sing it to her when she was a small baby and a small yeah,
10: child? Yeah, he he would sing that to her. That's a song for her. Even though, like she's thirty-three now, and he still sing. That's a song for her, like
2: nothing compares to you.
10: Nothing compares to yeah, you. Yeah. It's one and only daughter.
2: So and it's very personal. It's very personal to you, then her death. It
10: is personal. It is yeah, very personal to us and to herself. to she name herself my daughter? Like she'll always say that because she's actually living in Australia. Yeah. Okay. And she'd be saying that in Australia because like, they'd be asking her, where did you get that name? The, Auss- the Aussies can't understand it like. And she'd say, oh, Sinead O'Connor. My dad loves Sinead O'Connor and that's where it came from.
2: And it was a hit. Number one was, when she was born. One. What a lovely story she for her. Um, yeah. She, I think she she's home at the moment. Thursday. I think she's home at the moment, Anna. Is she?
10: Yeah. She, she came home in April for three weeks and she's still here she's, but she's actually gone back in two weeks' time. Back to Perth? Yeah, back to Perth with her two little boys. Oh, it'll be sad for you
2: when they go back.
10: It's very sad, even at the moment. It's sad thing to lead up to it, you know what I mean? I
2: know, I know. And how does your daughter Sinead feel about the passing of the woman who gave her her name?
10: She'll go mad over it. She likes her songs as well, you know? I know, I know. I I think she's so used to the song now that, you know... It's an emotional time I suppose do you
2: know? It's a lovely story It really and truly it's, is It's, it's
10: great, right. Do you know what I mean As, as I said It's a bad time I no both With her goat With Sinead And my own i going to wait bad old time So there will be Tears flowing now For the next couple of days
2: I know there will I know there will God damn it Australia's so far away But next it is. Next trip should be you To go to Perth
10: Oh I don't think so I don't think I'd be able
2: for. <laughs> She'll have to come home again Alright okay all right. You
10: know, Thanks you know, Anne Thanks for sharing had a time. Thanks very much Cheers
2: Take care All the best
10: Back Bye. to the phone Bye. lines Bye. After Bye. the
1: Bye. break The Neil Prenderville Show Cork's number one talk show
2: Pure Cork On Red FM And you can text 0868104106 And many people are Mary
8: good morning Good morning Neil How are you?
2: Um, you're of an age That you remember much of her career uh, You call it a beautiful soul Gone too soon right?
8: Yeah, I do yeah. Yes, I suppose I'm only a year older than her myself, so um I lived the same era, you know. I always followed her. I had huge admiration for her name. Um yeah, I really, really always thought she was a beautiful soul. I I think I think you could see it in her eyes. She was um such a very, very authentic person. Uh, super, super talented um, um, very very present is the word I use as You
2: well. know, you talk about the growing up in the 1980s as a, as a young yeah. girl, right? Um mm. a d- a difficult because we're in a much, thankfully a much more positive and healthier place now with regards to everybody and, you know, um, equality and what have yeah. you. It wasn't necessarily the case back then.
8: No, not at all No, um I can like I can remember just going way back now. Um the reality really was that um first of all children were seen and not heard. Um, second of all you were told by your parents and your uh extended elderly um relatives, you know, obey the teacher, obey the priest, never ever question anything. Mm.
2: There was um, reverence to priests and and, and doctors yeah. and those in authority. Much of it undeserved.
8: Absolutely, yes. Um, and the other thing is, um, I can I can remember to this day um, my grandmother. And like she had a, a very large family. You now she had a twelve, um, and I spent a lot of my time with my grandmother. And I can remember uh, she would actually do without some food for the week she'd have to ration it out and do with what was there because the money had to be there for the priest for the christmas offerings or the stations or whatever the time of the year was
2: and why did your grandmother um, prioritize the money that way
8: because you'd because i think she felt well she was a religious person but i think she felt that um first of all the priest the priest wouldn't um you know, he'd tell her she wouldn't get to heaven, maybe. The other thing would be that the neighbours might find out. Um, it was just expected of you, Neil. It was just something that... So the
2: neighbours um, might find out, and she was in fear uh, of the priest and what people might think. Or um, mm-hmm. There would, there was times, yep. actually, people were called out from the altar for not paying dues.
8: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, uh, you know, when you think about it, like the priests were living in huge houses, which... which um, which with uh, living housekeepers and the whole thing, and they were eating treats perfectly healthy meals a day, and they were well looked after. Was she and empowering?
2: Then- was she? Uh, yeah, uh, that's more of the hypocrisy. Yeah, so they, you know, yeah. I know, just saying. What? what yeah. But if you look at look at her from the point of view of empowering women though or or young girls yeah. because it's it still was yeah. a decade of course where no not every let's look at the 80s not everybody was yeah. going to college there was more not going than were going um You're right. there there, yeah. were, there was more people who just went to school did their thing women and girls yeah. were told to go down one particular career path and boys exactly. and young men other ones um yeah. but there were powerful yeah. women came along and said no it doesn't need to be this way, and it shouldn't be this way. Yeah, she was one of them.
8: She was one of them, and I suppose another connection I have with her, really, um, is I love poetry. English was my favourite subject in school. Um, Yeats was my favourite poet, still is. Um, And one of the things I can always remember is I've always followed every article about um, Sinead and everything, but
0: uh,
8: she was a rebel, and she... Um, the only class that she loved was English but poetry especially mm. but um, one of the, poet, the poems that Yeats wrote was about the um, East of 1916 rising Terrible and Beauty th- th- that's the one exactly mm. and then um, th- so she had an, uh, an exam then say, I don't know what it was was it an important one or what I don't know but the question was um, what do you think the poet was trying to tell us in that poem And her answer was, nobody is effing, I won't, I can't say the word, nobody is effing laughing now. Isn't that just so, so true and brave and intelligent? When you think about it, like, you know?
2: Well, I'd have to think about what she was saying. It was about 1916 and the struggle for Irish independence, right?
7: Yeah, Yeah, yeah.
8: Yeah.
2: And,
7: exactly.
2: Uh, yeah. um, so one would think that that was either well, you would think yeah. that either that was that we were in a good place because we had some limited independence or she was saying we should not have got independence or, or what did you read into it?
8: What I read into it was that she was saying that look, you know, the Irish stood up against the English then and um, and like really, you know, look what came of it, look at all the deaths and look at, look at all the consequences of it and like you know, no, this, it, it wasn't a good story, mm. really,
2: mm. you know. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It was a dark place then. It was a dark place yeah. then. Yeah. Yeah. Let me yeah. talk to Billy. Thank you, Mary, for your call this morning. I do appreciate it. Billy's on WhatsApp. I think he actually managed uh, at some stage to see her. It might have been even on, on Lee's side. Billy, good morning.
4: Good morning, Neil.
2: Did you see um, her? Was it sit. an opera
4: house gig, was it? It wasn't I tell you no I wanted to see her for years. I'd just like to send my heartfelt condolences to her family, her friends and like ourselves, our friends all over the world. It's such a sad hearing of her passing today, you know, mm. it's heartbreaking. Mm. Uh yes, my daughter Shirley got us tickets. I've always wanted to see Sinead, never got the chance. And um we got tickets for the Upper Jazz Festival as you remember twenty sixth of October twenty nineteen. I still have my ticket here. Um my good friend Charlie Brown brought him along with me and uh it was absolutely beautiful. I was absolutely thrilled uh, to see her on stage. She has this glow about her, you know, that's people, if, that people that were there on the night would understand it, that, that, oh, my word, she has an angelic voice for me. Sing everything and anything, which is fantastic. She and did that gig, to, was that so know, a solo no performance? Was it a full band? Oh, it was. It was, Nelius herself, yes, and uh, it was absolutely fantastic. And i would be quite honest and frankable for me, uh, the most important part of the night was when she sang Nothing Compared to You solo. And it was mesmerising to sit there and just listen to her own voice singing the song.
2: Yeah, One one second though, because you mentioned that because Sinead O'Connor explained to the broadcaster Tom Dunn why in in 2015 she stopped singing Nothing Compares to gigs. This is just a very, very short clip Have a listen to this
7: You genuinely don't notice that it's not there because the songs are quite strong You can't do a good job of a song that you don't emotionally identify with, you're just being a twat down there lying to everyone really I can't really do
2: that, it's not the way I'm trained What's she saying about why she stopped playing it though or performing
4: it? Um, yes, it, well, on the night, you see what was very important on the night. Now, hopefully, they used to love long ago with her Dr. Martin boots and her T-shirts with her protest, which we used to follow. But see, on the night, she done a, a tribute, actually, for the Trafficking and Victims, you know. Hopefully, they girl she is. And that's why she came into singing the song then, solely yourself. you know.
2: Yeah yeah
4: which is yeah. beautiful which is absolutely beautiful just sit there and witness and see it, as I said to you, what was very important, like we're a compassionate nation, and there's going to be a lot of mixed reactions, you know this morning, but we have all ourselves in Ireland here that which we're very proud of, and this is a sad time, and this is where we open our heart, and it's great to hear people comment and give their no, views just a few there's just a
2: few observations from people and, and to some extent, I kind of have to half agree there's almost an element yeah. of hypocrisy as we watched her oh, yes. car crash over the years. And That's eventually, said, yeah, you know, yeah. uh, eventually she passes away. But but yet, um, she filled column inches, you know.
4: Well, you see, unfortunately, this is the city we live in, Neil. You do or you don't, you know. And unfortunately, this is what, what people have. And I feel a lot of this could be done through this COVID, the two years that people went through it, done an awful lot of harm to people as well, you know. So there's a lot of issues could contribute to them factors as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you did you
2: broadcast way back in the day? Did somebody tell me here? Yeah,
4: I oh, did, Neil. Back in the day, we did. Well, my good friend John Creed there I no, you know you other. Trevor watchers, brother, known as foul. We all know each other well. Capital Radio, we were talking street at the time, Neil. With Jim Gibbons and the guy. Billy Owens, oh, Billy Owens, that's right, Billy Owens is my, Jim Collins brought me on board actually, yeah. so Billy Owens is my nickname at the time, so I kept Billy Owens off an Elvis album.
2: What was that? Was that early 80s, back in the
4: 70s? Oh, early 80s, you spot, your spot on early 80s, bang on. Wow,
2: happy days back
4: then. Do you enjoy it? It was great, I, I, abso- I absolutely loved it and I have, I just say hello to my nephew out there, Eric Howey. Used to come up to the bedroom when I used to be doing the right double disc at the time, used to do the discos, as you know, free for corp and things. And I'd be spinning the, the records and showing. And now today he's a fine deity with all the new technology, which we never had.
2: No, we didn't. And I was lugging around there. bags and boxes of the stuff. <laughs> <was everywhere> we <laughs> <went>.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and I was saying that to my weird triplets at the time, and I asked me there only recently when I got all my vinyls out again, Dad, how did you do it? So I just found the ordinary record up there and spoke in to let him know how we played on the radio and they said that's incredible we only had a phone we do everything ourselves as you know it was tough going but fantastic fast quantities happened discs to the and records and singles I and it. It. <laughs> now, they have,
2: now they have it all on a laptop and away they go it's so easy uh, do you know what I think our way was better
4: it was yeah. more enjoyable yeah, you prepared yeah. your show and you enjoyed it you and see- you prepared the backup and something went wrong do you still have all your vinyl I had I had a lot of them recently that they're going stuff back because people wanted to hear them. I love Morton was my favourite overall, but I used to play a mixing match. As you know, that time we were supposed to play what the shops would give us, but I used to be mixing and matching around all the time, you know. Yeah, I know, I know, great stuff. But <laughs> they, were great they, they were great they times, were they were great times.
2: They were fantastic times. Fair Absolutely play to you. Nice one, Billy Owens. Thanks for taking the call.
4: And thanks pal. for you. And congratulations to the staff there this morning, you know, said so putting on the great tribute.
2: Thank you. That's very kind, Billy. Thank you so much. Uh, It's as much about the stories and people sharing their own thoughts as it is about the music. I played that really one more day as an example of just how easy she made it all sound, you know what I mean? Made it so easy. Back after the break, text 0868104106 Neil
1: Prendaville, gold Emerald Award winner for speech Podcaster of the year,
2: Cork's Red FM. The text this morning of a lot more than just people talking about their sadness or respect or tributes to her. People have very, very interesting and powerful things to say and thank you for them. I will run out of time this morning but I intend reading out quite an amount of other ones because they talk of the life and times of ireland down through the decades many of your texts are very personal i was very much attracted to what shannon keenan who's the entertainment content producer with red fm and other radio stations in the group of which we're part of and she joins me by phone shannon good morning here's what i was primarily attracted to you said she was unapologetically herself in a time when women weren't as empowered to stand up for themselves that's a very powerful statement can you expand on it
0: yeah so basically back in the 90s early 90s and 80s women weren't really seen to like speak up for themselves it wasn't a thing women were kind of put in their place the men was the men were the boss they were in charge but she kind of paved the way for women especially young women and she was just unapologetically herself she spoke the truth she said it like it was and she highlighted really important issues at that time that basically Ireland and abroad we're not even ready to talk about
2: these would have been many of the things i touched on this morning about issues going on in irish society but it also would have been your body your choice wouldn't it issues like that
0: yeah issues like that she was a really big great female icon for those topics
2: there were there were others i mean i mean sure absolutely she was a big major player in that regard in ireland and but she followed on others like her, uh, Taylor Swift now comes to mind, Beyonce is in there, Tina Turner, Aretha Franklin, uh, Lady Gaga, she she was of that ilk with regards to not being afraid to speak up, yeah?
0: Yeah, and it's so like weird as well, because usually that women that tend to like speak up and speak their mind are seen as controversial, but they're not controversial, they're just speaking up about topics that should be spoken up and they just have a voice, whereas it's usually the likes of... Men sometimes that tend to brand women that speak out as controversial.
2: One of the thoughts that we've, people have been having this morning, some people are saying that to some extent um, she was used by the media and not given the help. And to some extent, there's a lot of hypocrisy now after her passing that more should have been done to help her.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I 100% agree with that. Did
2: you meet her recently?
0: Yeah, so this year she actually won an award at the Ortey Choice Music Prize Award um, for classic Irish album. Um, for her most famous album, I Do Not Want What I Haven't Got, um, for her single, you know, Nothing Compared to You. And she was there. She kept quite to herself. Uh, she went up, she accepted her award, and then afterwards she just left and she went home. But she just oozed positivity. She was very loving, very charismatic. And she came, she got her award, and then she left. It was mad being in a room with her, to be honest. I said hello to her, she said hello back, and I was like, ah, I had a real fun moment.
2: And what was the, what was the, the atmosphere like? Uh, I'm told it was
3: electric.
0: It was absolutely electric. She got a standing ovation. The audience went mad. Um, and again she was her natural self she got the finger and everything she didn't care she was 100% herself and we all loved it
2: and what do you think the message was um from people this outpouring of love as in there's a little bit of you in all of us kind of thing
0: yeah I feel like she stood for something um unlike most people and And it it kind of, I'm I'm sad, I'm really, really sad that that she's gone because she definitely stood for something and gave women a voice and spoke up way before her time.
2: Well said. Good words this morning. Thank you, Shannon. Shannon Keenan, Entertainment Content Producer with uh, Red FM. And of course, much of it centred around this. It just had to be played, really, didn't it? You couldn't finish a program without it. There are many other songs that were chosen by you guys. Who knows, tomorrow I might get to play another few of them. They're not all necessarily available, some of the requests that you're asking for, uh, but I'll do my best tomorrow. I love this one here. Somebody said, Sinead said... Uh, Sorry, Sinead did a beautiful version of Scarlet Ribbons, a song that I loved as a child, if you get to play. Yes, I can only imagine what that must sound like because it's a beautiful, beautiful air. I don't know if you're familiar with the song One Fine Day, but Sinead sang it and it was used in the Veronica Guerin movie. A very fitting tribute to another iconic woman as we in Ireland mourn today the loss of such a talented inspiration of a woman. Uh, This morning's programme was haunting, um, tears everywhere. Um, somebody says an interesting observation I remember sitting in the same pub with Sinead O'Connor in Listum Varna about 16 years ago she was on her own in a corner on her laptop with the bodyguard with her She was motionless. The whole situation was strange, bless her. Um, We were thinking at the time that she'd never find a man with a bodyguard. But in fact, she was stuck in the corner with her head stuck in the laptop. But who are we to judge on the other hand? Uh, Another one or two here. Sorry to hear about Sinead O'Connor's passing. It's such a pity all of those kind words weren't relayed to her while she was alive. Uh, She was a troubled soul. Anthony On Air was spot on in what he said to you. The late Gay Byrne was a huge admirer of her. And respected her. Uh, I think he saw how vulnerable she was. You could see the mutual respect in past interviews. We should all say how we feel about each other while the person is alive. May her gentle soul rest in peace, says Katrina. Somebody else picks up on that actually, saying she had a sort of father daughter relationship with Gay Byrne. Gay took to her like he was she was his own daughter, and she took to him like a father Uh, another few poor woman she had her mental health issues and the amount of people who laughed and ridiculed her on her page and on other platforms was disgraceful what an amazing talent and so beautiful back in the day may she be at peace now somebody else says it's like caroline flack all over again they were both hounded and destroyed by media Yet when they died, the same media put them on pedestals. May she rest in peace. There's many other texts like that. Too few, too many to do right now, but I can pick it up in the morning for sure. So do text 0868104106. Somebody sent me a beautiful mural, a beautiful color mural of uh, the face and shoulders of Sinead O'Connor. You were right all along. We were so wrong. We're sorry, and that's a mural that appeared in Temple Bar a few years back. Somebody says to me, I think it says all that needs to be said. Uh, with Sinead O'Connor's tragic passing. Sleep well, girl, you've earned it, and we didn't deserve you, says Pat. And the mural is of Sinead O'Connor, blazoned in colour, with a kind of a rainbow in the background, and it says, Sinead, you were right all along. We were wrong. So sorry. Uh, Our text line will stay open. You can text 0868104106, email neil at redfm.ie. Very, very sad day. Yet another good, good one gone. Um... Actually, it's it's really strange for me because I was telling you the story yesterday uh, um, about, you know, watching a video of um, um, Sting performing with Stevie Wonder. doing a, a, Stevie Wonder was doing How Fragile We Are. I was watching it while I was getting my hair cut, actually. And the song that came on after it was Amy Winehouse. And I was watching Amy Winehouse perform on the TV inside in the barbershop. And into my mind, this is on Tuesday, into my mind came is I hope Sinead O'Connor is all right. And that was it. I, for some involuntary reason, watching Amy Winehouse on Tuesday reminded me of Sinead O'Connor. And then, less than 24 hours later, her death is announced. Awfully sad. Listen, last bit of business this morning is your opportunity to win some more of our family passes to various beautiful locations across our most beautiful county. And this morning, I have family passes to give away for Alihy's Copper Mine Museum. Now, I have to say, I have been down there all around the Bearer Peninsula, down around Alighys and Aries and places like that. And it's just a gorgeous part of the world anyway. Um, added to the fact that if you go down there, you'll have much to see, including the Alighys Copper Mine Museum. Now, back in the day, Alighys, um completely changed when copper deposits were discovered in the area. And the biggest copper mining enterprise in Ireland was established by a family called the Puxleys. And it was all part of the Industrial Revolution. And in fact, that revolution spread to West Cork. Huge amounts were employed in the mines. Over 1,500 people at one stage. Uh, And it eventually closed many, many years ago. But uh, it's just an incredible museum, worth visiting. In fact, the whole general area is, even the hiking down there is spectacular with great views. And you also have at the Copper Café. So we have family passes to give away now. Callers 9, 10, 11 and 12 for Alahis Copper Mine Museum. Go check it out this summer. Pick up the phone now on 0818 104 Have a good day.
0: For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.